Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi, it is Ayers on the Road, and we have been on the road between Salt Lake City and Ogden this that's, week. That's a short road. We've that's come, a short road. We're, we're in Ogden because we have a special duty today, and it has to do with five of our grandkids. Um, actually... One of them is taking the ACT. One of them is still asleep because he got home from a football game at 2.30 in the morning. And um, two of, one's at, at a, a track meet, and two are here, and they are twin boys. I wish you could see them. Now, let They're me, so let me, adorable. Well, we can introduce them. We have two. Um, how old are you, Silas? Twelve. Twelve years old. How old are you, Oliver? Twelve. Why are you both the same age? Because we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Who was born first? Me. By Oliver. how much? 17 minutes. 17 minutes. So, Silas, do you have to just obey Oliver all the time because no, he's your older I'm brother? Than him, so. Oh, you're a little taller. Okay. So, that I'm kind smarter, of. Though. Oh, you're smarter? Wait a second. One smarter and older and one taller? You better think of something else, uh, Silas. Faster. <laughs> yeah, I'm faster. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, uh, boys, where are your parents today? They are on their anniversary. Oh, their anniversary trip, and that's why we're babysitting. And uh, how many years have they been married? I don't know. <laughs> Take a guess. Twenty-five. I happen to know twenty-five. What do you 20? think, Dolly? 20? What do you think, Ollie? 20. A little less. 19. 19 years. And you guys are 12, so how many years had they been married when they had you? Um. um you didn't know <laughs> that's you were a little hard for math, math questions back. on this, did you? Well, no, I didn't. Well, they think seven years. Seven years, Ollie, that's right. Come back around. Um, I. Before before we go any further, you can't call this babysitting, honey. These are not babies. No, no this is we not babysitting. We are just learning from our, grand, our yeah, grandchildren. This is hanging out with our buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so guys, what are we going to do today? That's the question. We are going to Salt Lake and Roy. And, well, and what's and the place you yeah. want to go? What's the place you're advocating for? Uh, the Museum for? of Curiosity. The Museum of Curiosity. That's a good thing because these two guys are two of the most curious guys I've ever known. And we're curious. Whenever I need any technology help or how to do something on a computer or a device or whatever or the Internet, I just call one of these two guys and they, they always have the answers, don't they, Linda? They are so smart, it's scary. And we're going to have a lot of fun. They're the ones that got us hooked on this. And for those of you out there in the uh, Utah Valley and Salt Lake Valley, you probably know about this. Wow, it is quite a place. Oh, the Curiosity Museum, yeah. Well, before we release you two guys, do you have, I mean, you're only 12 years old, but what advice do you have for families? Um, be nice. Be nice. What do you say, Silas? Don't make your kids do any work. Don't make your kids do any work. <laughs> What's your serious advice, actually? You you um, guys do a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, work is good. Work is do. good. Yeah, it and, makes you think. And what what advice do you have for married couples? 
married. <laughs> Is there any way you think they should treat each other, Oliver? Um, kindly. Kindly. That's the word that I would count All right. Like, well, yeah. you guys, these guys are doing the dishes for breakfast. They're going to do them real quietly so that we can get on with the subject today for Iris on the Road. We thought today would be good to, since we're here on the occasion of our eldest daughter's anniversary, it'd be good to reflect a little on marriage and on what it means and on what um, maybe some of the things that we could all think about a little today. And the question posed in the title of today's show is, which kind of marriage would you prefer? A marriage of equality or a marriage of oneness? Just let that sit in your mind for a minute. We want to talk about the difference in those two terms. But Linda, I thought we'd start off with a Benjamin Franklin quote. How would that be? That would be great. I think I know which one you have in mind. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin said, I think this is a little controversial in some ways. Let's just see what you think. Benjamin Franklin said, a single man is like half a pair of scissors. Right, which is not very useful, actually. And um, there's a lot of single people out there that may be offended by that. Well, that's why I said it could be controversial. But I like the quote because it fits me pretty well, because I am pretty useless when you're not around. Have you noticed? I have. Well, I'm not around, so I don't know. But um, I know how much you depend on me. And uh, some people do and some, you know, some husbands do, some don't. Some wives do, some don't, you know, depend on them completely. But everybody has their own life, um, whether you're married or not. But this whole thing of... Um, Unity in marriage is good. Uh, oneness in marriage is better. Well, and we'll get to that. But I, but I think <clears throat> maybe we should start with a macro sort of a, a viewpoint, which is the question, why is marriage losing its relevance in the world? And I think statistically you could say it is. The marriage rate is going down. The divorce rate is going up. The cohabitation rate is skyrocketing. Right. Um, some some statisticians say that there are five times as many couples moving in for the first time together in a cohabitating state as in a marriage state. So so there are there's a widespread point of view that marriage is irrelevant. That marriage. Um, ties you down, the marriage causes you to make commitments you're not ready to make. I read an article the other day proposing marriage with a seven-year term, and then you had to re-up if you wanted to stay married because you want to give it a try. Why do you think, Linda, that marriage, the oldest institution in the world, in some ways the most honored institution in the world, is losing its relevance in, in so many people's minds or, or losing its desirability? And some, what, what, what's causing this, do you think? Well, that's, that's a hard question. There are a lot of things that feed into that. Um, it's the way of the world right at the moment. Well, I think so. And I, I think, I mean, I guess the big question is marriage has always been thought of as an ideal situation, as something that is appropriate not only to happiness but to society and to the well-being of society, the commitment of marriage. And 
believe me, the institution's nowhere near dying. In fact, what, what I find interesting is how many people are actually renewing their vow, their vows. Now there, there's a certain group of people who have come to understand that the commitment is what makes it happen. The commitment is what makes marriage last. And, uh, you can find wedding chapels in Hawaii when we were there, people renewing their vows and so on. So there, there's a certain content. And what's interesting demographically, people who are middle class, who are educated, middle class or above, and who have a, a college degree, that's the population segment that tends to stay married and, and, and still has this ideal of marriage. Um, less educated demographics tend to shy away from marriage and to value marriage less and less. And even, and I think this is the scary thing, to view marriage as a luxury that they can't afford. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we have, the people we speak to mostly around the world are um, affluent and and I'm so impressed with the marriages that they have. They not necessarily pretty, religious. No, they're not necessarily religious, but they really are pretty amazing. I mean, the media tells us movies and so on that there's a lot of, um, of bad stuff going on with marriages. But the ones that we know are, are pretty amazing. But as you were just saying, the lower income people, one of the problems there is that it's more expensive to be married. They, they actually... Um, well, how can you make say it harder that, for you because they have to pay, um, you know, they have to, what do you mean? How can I say that? Well, that because, really because marriage is, is, is actually a, an economy of scale. Two people living together can live much more economically than two oh, people no, no, living no. apart. No, I'm talking about the government, the government. Oh, you're talking about the marriage them. tax. They tax them and they, <clears> you know, the, it just, the two they make people, it more difficult. There are some, there are certain situations where, two people living together and, and filing their tax returns jointly end up paying more taxes. There are lots of situations like that. <clears throat> Remember our, our children, all of our children <clears throat> were missionaries all over the world. And their biggest problem when they were teaching people is to get them married. And the reason they didn't get married wasn't because they didn't love each other and so on. It was really financial. Well, but don't you think the biggest reason is this idea of preserving independence and preserving options and 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 the awareness of the, the high divorce rate? We hear a well, lot sure. of millennials saying, why get married? It's just going to end in divorce anyway. I saw my parents get divorced. Why would I want to follow the example of their failure? Well, sure, there's that too, and I think especially where we live, although our point of reference is where we live, it really is difficult in the United States to um, now find people who are committed. I think we've mentioned this before, we have um, some rental property and just three small little cabins, and we were just calculating the other day. I don't think we've ever rented those two people that were married. We've except never, for, we've never even had an applicant except for one uh, of, of married people. And this is in Park City, and there are a lot of single people. There are a lot of couples, wonderful couples, cohabitating. One of them said to me, I said the other day uh, to one of our renters, "Do you do you have any plans for marriage?" Oh well, you know we're we're we, we're nowhere near that decision. We have to wait and see, you know, whether we're compatible, and that may take several years. And if we are, then we may consider marriage, and that's a very prominent it point is. of view. 
But what we want to do in the second half of the show is not debate this or, or talk about sociological or demographic trends. We want to get to the idea of how to make a marriage all that it can be. We're, we're aware that probably a high percentage of our listeners are married couples and marriage gets a little harder in some ways to maintain today for various reasons that we'll mention. But we want to get into the question of the title of the show, which is, what is the goal of a good, what is the, how do we determine what a good marriage is? How do you measure your marriage? And then we want to lead that to the direction, is it all about equality or is it about something even a little different than that, namely oneness? So we'll be right back after this short break on Ayers on the Road. And we're back. We're talking about marriage today. Um, and not exclusively, but mostly because our uh, one of our daughters and her husband are off on a marriage on an anniversary trip. And we've been thinking through, in fact, we have two children that were married yesterday. Um, on the same day, only got, yeah, years apart. Two, two years anniversaries apart. on September 8th. Isn't that amazing? And anyway, we've been thinking about it a lot. Um, we, we, uh, you suggested the second half of the show is about how do you measure your marriage. That, yeah. that kind of is a throwback to uh, Clayton Christensen's How Do You Measure Your Life, which is one of our <laughs> favorite books. But, you know, this is a good thing to talk about. How do you measure your marriage? Do you, do you measure a marriage on how little or how much conflict there is? Do you measure a marriage on how often you agree with each other? Do you measure a marriage on how much alike you are? Um, if so, Linda, we might be in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> that or else we're the stars because um, we do everything differently. Everything. Honestly, we were just even crossing the street. We were walking down the street the other day, and I wanted to go one way, and he wanted to go the other way. It was so, obvious. Don't Linda. you see that the sun is shining on the other side? It, it, it you was know. hot. Stay in the shade as long as you can, and, <laughs> and then cross the street. But you're right. I mean, we our minds work differently, and we have learned to value that so much. I learned so many things from Linda. I look at her sometimes, and I'm like, "How do you even think of things like that? They never occur to me." <laughs> <clears throat> and honestly, uh, to tell the truth, Richard is always, he's always got a solution instantly about the way we should do it. And I'm usually digging <laughs> in my heels saying, no, this, that, that's crazy. Or you, you just do it do your own way anyway. And then when we get done, I think, darn, he's probably right. Not usually, <laughs> really? but you half think of the time. Half the time? Uh, how about 51%? No, 49. <laughs> um, but it really is a pretty amazing thing, this partnership that you have for life, and we think forever. Seriously, um, though, there are a lot of people who think their marriage is in trouble because they're not they're not alike yet. Or the little couple that came up to us after a speech the other day and said, we think our marriage is in trouble. We've only been married for a year, and we had a fight last night. It was our first one. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we laughed so hard because we thought that is unusual. Wow, you made it a whole year. And I do have friends who say they just have a much more compatible. They're lying. And there's, They're no, lying. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just because it's not in your vision. How boring. To do that. How boring. Oh, no, if don't agree say on that. There, Come just, on. there are some couples that are just homogeneous and they just go forward. Doesn't Don't you wish for that some days? Remember the, the older couple that used to go to the church where we did who were in their 90s and, and uh, 
I asked the man how he'd lived so long, and I thought he'd not heard my question because he said he said something that seemed irrelevant. He said, uh, uh, way back when my wife and I first got married, 68 years ago, we made a vow that we would never fight or argue within the walls of our home. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. But I asked him how he, how he lived to be so old. But then he just paused for a minute and he said, that's why I've lived so long. We've spent so much time in the out of doors. Oh, he's <laughs> such a great guy. I miss him. It turned out that actually, he actually meant that, by the way, Linda, was, that yeah, when, he whenever he, that. he and his wife had a conflict, they, they left their home. They didn't want to have it inside their house. They'd go out and walk around until they worked it out. And he said, you know, our, our arguments ended much faster in the winter because <laughs> we were cold. We wanted to come back in. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, I think, how do you measure your marriage? I mean, according to you, we measured about how much we argue. And then, you know, you, you have to have a time and a place. I think so often we just assume that communication will happen, we'll get to the subjects we need to, we'll, we'll resolve our differences, we'll clear up any bad feelings we had during the past uh, time. But the marriages we, we see that we admire most don't leave it to chance. They really have set up some, some structure and Part of it, well, let me tell it in this way. We got when we were married, the person that married us actually said, "Never let the sun set on a disagreement." Remember that? Yeah, the worst advice we ever had. <laughs> so we were staying oh up till gosh. four in the morning because we we so we can't go to sleep we're until so we resolve exhausted. this different. It just would get worse and worse and worse. So we modified it to say, "Never let a weekend without resolving differences." That made a big difference. We started having a Sunday meeting called a Sunday session which was a number of things. It was a scheduling meeting, but mainly it was a time to resolve things that we hadn't seen eye to eye on or that, that we our feelings had been hurt and we yeah. wanted to get that put in place. Well, it took me years to figure this out, but when we did this um, it was on a Sunday afternoon when there were no you know, bad feelings um, at that moment, um, I remember thinking our kids were taking Suzuki violin at the time. For those of you out there that know about that, uh, you know what I'm saying. But those who don't, this is this is a Suzuki message. You all you always start with. I love the way you're holding your bow. Your your fingers are in perfect places. But let me tell you about some things that we can do to make this better. And so um, and then you tell them what they're doing wrong, and then but I really love the way you're holding your bow. So it's like the sandwich method. The sandwich method. And uh, <laughs> so I figured that out, starting out with something positive. You know, I love the way you um, gave me such a nice compliment this week or whatever it was. And then, but you, you I said love something. how handsome you are. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> oh, you didn't? That never occurred to you. Darn it. And that would be helpful. Maybe next Sunday. That could. would be helpful, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, but then, you know, I, I said, I say, you know, you said you did something that really hurt my feelings this week. And I don't think you even knew about it. But let me just tell you, I'm still feeling bad about this. This is what happened. And da, 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 da. And sometimes it went totally over your head at the moment. You had no idea I was worried about it. Other times you knew I was worried about it, but you were off in a hurry and you just thought it was silly to worry about it. So um, those you know, that, were, that was based partly on the. On the uh, a phrase I remember we used to talk about more about this than we do now. 
Unexpressed feelings never die. They just get buried and come forth later in uglier forms. What happens in so many marriages is people say, well, we'll agree to disagree. We'll sweep that under the carpet. There's no point in arguing about it. We'll just, we'll just ignore it. And those kind of things tend to fester. And, and so many times we've seen marriage couples that are angry or upset or at odds with each other, and they, keep, they don't even know why. They can't remember the specifics. They just yeah. remember that they're not in sync with each other. So this idea of, of every Sunday having this Sunday session where we did scheduling, we looked at our goals, we looked at our finances, we did a number of things, mainly talked about the kids and how they were doing, but also what you're mentioning, Linda, this, we called it a testimony meeting, but a feeling session where we get everything out and where we look each other in the eye and we get things resolved and we start the week nice and fresh, and boy, that's been a powerful thing. It really has, and you know, it is so true that it's easy to bury stuff and just, okay, that's just the way he is. And, and you know what? There's a certain amount of that that's true. I mean, you have to realize that you're not going to You're not going to resolve things. everything, but I'm at least you don't, you don't have to hold it in. But at least you can express how you feel. But in a controlled way, and not on the day when you're still mad, but on a time when you're trying to have a fresh right. start on a Sunday. And as you know, I have a little bit of a hard time with waiting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, and sometimes you can't wait. If it, you I know, know. I have a short fuse, and if uh, something happens that is really upsetting to me, I have to. We have to talk about it right now, or at least you have to know that I'm furious. And uh, you've noticed that, probably. But well, it really is. It's a, it's a good thing. I think it has been a good thing in our marriage to really talk about it. We're certainly not uh, marriage counselors or anything, but we're just talking about what has worked for us. Well, and coming back to commitment, what 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 is interesting is that the couples that we meet with or that we find in our speeches or that we try to help in various ways, so often they what, what's lacking is a total commitment. And, and when the total commitment isn't there, it's so easy when a when a problem comes up to just start sliding and start saying, well, maybe the you know second guessing, maybe this is not the right person, maybe I made the wrong choice, maybe maybe we'd be better off if we weren't married, maybe our kids would even be better off if they didn't see the conflict between us, and it's that that crazy thing of of looking for an easy way out, and I guess the bottom line I think that 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 holds true in marriage is that the only way out is through. Go get through the difficulty. Work it out. If it takes time, that's okay. If the commitment is total, then the option of separation or divorce doesn't. I'm not saying there aren't some situations where, well, where couples should not be. Married. You realize you're talking to a lot of people who yeah, have been divorced, and yeah, there course. really are some and there legitimate are, there reasons. Are totally I mean, the commitment reasons. has to be on both sides. Yeah. And if one side is just totally no, not, or right. if there's an abuse situation and so on. There are certainly reasons for divorce. But what we wanted but, to really get to, I have a concern. I don't know if you share this as much as I do, Linda, but so often we'll hear couples talking about equality. Well, we've got to find more equality. And I think it's obviously a, a good goal and a well-intended goal. The problem with the idea of equality is it almost suggests competition or is one person ahead of the other? Is one person winning? Is one behind? How do we equalize it? How do we bring it all into perfect equality and, and sometimes equality starts to mean sameness to people 
and it doesn't allow one person to be one kind of thing or one another. It doesn't allow one person to choose to stay home with the kids while the other works. It doesn't allow a whole lot of different things. It's almost like if you're in a company and you've got a vice president of marketing and a vice president of, of, of production, they do completely different things. They specialize, but they're equal in terms of maybe their pay scale or their equity in the company or whatever. And, and we think it's so important to maybe evaluate whether equality is the measurement or whether oneness ought to be the goal. Oneness, to me at least, means synergy. It means Linda can be completely different than me and have different interests and sort of take over different functions in the family than I do. But, but we're one and we have a synergy because the total of us is greater than the sum of our parts. But, you know, some people are going to give you pushback on that because it's like I, I'm not completely one. I, I am my own self and I really need to be who I am. And so what do you say? In other that? words, I'll give up my individuality by being one with, right. with this person. Well, I think that, again, that's I love this word synergy, that we can be more together than we could be separately added together. And oneness, I don't think in my mind, means giving up individuality. It means we're gonna create something together that's more than we could be separately. We've still got our same parts, but we, we're the yin and the yang. We're rolled together into something that magnifies each of us. And, and I don't think anyone ever fully achieves it. I think, I, I think it's just a goal out there. We're working towards oneness. We happen to belong to a church which believes that a single male or a single female is not a, is not a perfectible entity. It, you know, the only perfectible entity is a oneness a combined masculine and feminine, a yin and a yang. Okay, well, let me just add that we have a 42-year-old son that is not married. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to get married at this point. You do. You still have faith. Any day now. But you know what? Um, <laughs> it's just okay. That's all right. You don't want to get you – know, we don't want to put people on a guilt trip here because there are a lot of ways to be successful in life. It is really good if you can come to a oneness. But there are also we – have, we have so many friends who are just stellar people, but they are not married and may not get married. And do so much good for so totally many other right. people. This son is a third grade teacher and absolutely fabulous. Uh, he changes lives every year, 30 of them. And uh, and we have a friend who's a nurse who's taking care of little preemies, changes lives every day. So we know what you think. Linda, I've just thought of 10 more things I need to say and we're out of time. But we look forward to this every week. We love you listeners on Ours on the Road. I might mention you can get this on a podcast and, and listen to it if it's more convenient for you. We're done. We're out. We'll see you next time on Ours on the Road. Bye-bye.